Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, um, and with me, as always, to discuss all things Jurosic and nationalistic and oh geez that doesn't work does it Giro Rosa and nationals is <laughs> <laughs> um, my dear non-fascist friend Sarah <laughs> that might be the nicest thing you've ever said or never <laughs> ever told me um it's the Giro Rosa this week dear listener and it's so exciting um I feel like I say the same introduction to the Giro Rosa every year so if this sounds familiar I'm sorry but it is just genuinely exciting race it's the only women's grand tour. It's the only women's race that's over a week. Yes. And it's got seven riders on the team as opposed to the usual as opposed to standard six. It's huge. It's enormous. It means so much and the riders come super ready to try and win it. It's like Absolutely. winning a stage of the Giro is a huge it's a huge deal it's bigger than winning some standalone races it's bigger than winning some classics bigger than winning some entire stage races exactly oh zero the premier stage race um and and you know key event on the calendar it's you know zero rosa and world and you know and maybe flounders as well you know it's it's like exactly exactly it's a key race for so so yeah. many reasons but it's also a race that because it's a grand tour um they do try and move it around a bit year to year the course changes the the stages change and every now and then we get a year like this year where it's not quite as climby as it has been in past years yeah the Giro is there's something they want to do about it every year which is to celebrate different kinds of italian cycling and some years, this means that they go up the Madonna de Gisalo or other kind of climbs that just basically starts, you know, a stage that starts at the bottom and goes all the way to the top and can only be won by a pure climber, right? Yep. Other years, they have a lot of stages. They have stages with a lot of climbs, but then followed by descents. So your pure climber might not be the one who wins because she might not be the best descender. Mm-hmm. Um, and other years, they have stages where Mariana Voss famously won her first Giro through basically going really hard after the intermediate and finish line bonifications yeah because you get uh you get two sets of intermediate bonifications which are bonus seconds that are taken off your general classification time and then bonus seconds for the first three riders across the line every day mm-hmm. and this year is more of a year like that there's yep. no standout mount there's no standout mountain we don't have um we don't have the um Mortarolo, we don't have the stelvio but you know we we do have vesuvius and that's exciting mm. but it's not we don't have the al you know we don't have that yeah. alpine thing going on or that very famous climb but that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad race it just means it's going to be different exactly and and it's one of those ones that becomes interesting as you dig into it because in some ways it opens the race up a little bit um like you say we don't get those those uh massive hc or cat one climbs uh you know the designated mountain stages the climbs are all cat two cat three but there's still plenty of opportunities for climbing riders to make their chances, as well as some of those more sort of, I guess, classic style uh, hill riders. Um, yeah. And, and of course, there's plenty of um, flatter or rolling stages for the, the punchers and the the rollers and the sprinters to, to yes. all try and take their opportunities. And it's going to be really interesting because you know expanding that narrative from stage to stage it also means that the shape of the the overall gc race and the team classification and so on 
uh, has the opportunity to really shift around depending on um, you know the the shifting sands of, of team objectives day to day, and so yeah. I, I do think it's going to be a really interesting race. Uh, I guess I guess to start off with, like we should dig in and break down what's happening stage by stage. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, the thing to remember with the Giro is Mariana Voss once said that you don't necessarily, you can't necessarily win the Giro on every stage, but you can definitely lose it on every stage. Mm, mm. And just for a little bit of context before we start, it's very hot. It's very, and it's very difficult riding in hot weather because you you have to keep drinking, you have to keep eating whether you want to or not. So if you don't pay attention and keep right on top of the, you know, your your DS is literally sitting there in the car going, don't forget to eat, don't forget to drink, don't forget to eat, don't forget to drink, because you can you you bonk you and yeah. you lose it and you're down and you're down for that day. You've gone and you've and lost you've lost your place. And it's that classic thing where if you bonk badly enough, it's not just that you're gone for today. You may well be gone for tomorrow because you've thrown your whole recovery curve out as well. Yeah. And and it's those things that like it's really easy in hot weather to you know if you wait until you're thirsty to drink you're probably already dehydrated like you've yeah. waited too long and same with eating if you wait till you're hungry then you you know you're increasing the risk of bonking and so it, it is very much about discipline on and off the bike making sure that you're resting properly when you're not um, racing that you're recovering as well as you can not moving more than you need to it's it's a really stressful um you know 10 days of of quite dedicated concentration yeah um and i think oh sorry i was just gonna say the other thing that is probably significantly different from um the men's tours is there aren't rest days in the middle of this you know yeah because it's only it's only 10 days compared to the men's 18 the other thing is the transfers are are notorious Mm. and that means that you don't necessarily get the chance to rest and so a team like sunweb which has a beautiful bus for example is in a much better position than one of the smaller teams for example who's got a camper yeah yeah so and, that's that and that and that becomes it you know that's less important in a classic yep. it's less important in a five-day race like the Ovo energy women's tour um especially because you know they're usually they're only changing hotels like once or twice in, in that race yeah but yeah it's there's a lot of things that riders have to think about now we're going to run through stage by stage tell you what we think about the stage and what we think it might mean for the race but before we do that i think we have to start by acknowledging that on paper Bulls Dolmans is by far the strongest team. We will touch on all sorts of other teams we think and all sorts of other riders we team. But we need to we start yeah. with a team time trial. Bulls Dolmans, the TTT World Champions, part one. Part two, two riders who are absolute TTT mainstays for their team, Ellen Van Dyke and Lisa Brenauer, are not here. Mm, mm. So I think I mean, the first TTT is going to be gorgeous. It's it runs across a causeway or a bridge between Aquileia and Grado uh, across the sea. It's going to be beautiful. Yep. But it's going to start with um, a huge advantage for for, for Bors Dolmans, unless something crazy happens. Yeah, it absolutely are. is, and it's it's going to you know if they if that goes according to their script, it's really going to set them up for for a dominant uh, run at the GC over the rest of the race. We'll get into that in mm-hmm. more detail a little later on. The other thing that we should mention while we're talking about on paper is that the Giro, like many Italian races, is notorious for having. Um, well, I think Sarah's previously aptly described it as somewhat idiosyncratic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they have idiosyncratic, um, idiosyncratic 
approach to route planning yeah so when you look at the stages you look at them and, and for example stage two stage stage one it's completely flat okay that's cool uh stage two let's go to stage two um this is uh from um this is from zoppola to montereale val 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 valcellina um <laughs> and you look at it and you go oh yeah that's a really that, that doesn't that climb doesn't look that big you know it looks like it looks like it starts and it goes um and it kind of runs along for oh let's say 80 kilometers or so going all the way up slightly uphill and then it has this little climb and then it goes down then it goes downhill yeah. now with cycling profiles we all know that some races take different approaches to it you'll have some races especially in the netherlands where you look at it and go holy shit it's mountainous <laughs> but and, and then you notice that the scale on the x-axis is in centimeters and it's <laughs> it's, it's actually not as threatening as you first thought yeah. Um, then you yeah. have other then you have other where you go oh well you know it's a little bit up and down all day but it's not much i think that looks rolling and then you look down and you realize that the scale is in i don't know 50 meter bites yeah. Exactly. You're like, holy shit, they're riding over office buildings. Oh my god. You know, and and so it can, not just from book to book, but from stage to stage, you've got to pay careful attention to those details. But then Italian races layer on this whole other level of expert um, experience and knowledge needed. To, to properly understand them because of what I like to call the what the fuck principle where you'll be <laughs> riding along and then what the fuck that mountain wasn't in the book yeah <laughs> yeah guess. and 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 it's known for surprise 20 kilometers surprise hills surprise what the fuck like Dan says surprise finishing early mm, um mm. sometimes they even have pleasant surprises because you think the race is going to start at one time and it actually starts half an hour later so yep. they they're not it's idiosyncratic there's, there's let's a, say that that's very british isn't it it's it is it's a perfectly british description look my 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 general rule when we discuss the juro rosa course is that in your own mind you have to end every um statement about a stage or the race with the simple phrase unless it's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah so so stage one it looks like it's not too hard and it could be one for a sprinter because the hill doesn't look that bad. Unless it's the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, the station. Play along yeah, on the bus, on the tube, wherever you may be. Just remember to finish every sentence with that and we'll be good. So, yes. Just bear, bear in mind it's Italian racing. It's the Giro. It's idiosyncratic. <laughs> um, stage two, stage three. Stage three is from San Fior, where they've been a lot of times, to San Vendemiano, 100 kilometers. And that looks like it's one for the sprinters. It looks like it's got little lumps. Yes, unless... Of course, it could be the exact opposite. Yeah, so, but it could be, I mean, it could be, it could be escapey. Stage four is flat. Yep. Um, and it looks, you know, obviously um, 118 kilometers looks like it'll be one for the sprinters, but, you know, it could be the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, it looks, I mean, especially when you look at it and it's got, it, it, you know, it looks, looks complicated. Now, stage five is an ITT. Yeah. And again, if you, you, and this is one of the other things about the Giro is you look at it and you read the description of it in the course. Oh, we've we've produced our course, aren't we great? And they say there, yeah, the ITT has got two short high hard climbs. You would not look on the profile and think that they've got two short hard climbs. Yeah. But if you look on the map, 
they've definitely got some sections of hairpins. Yeah, and and that's the kind of thing. Like if you've got a hairpin backing onto a really short but punchy climb, and bear in mind the ITT itself is actually quite short overall. It's only twelve point seven kilometers, um, as opposed to the usual sort of thirty to forty k um, ITT. So um, it will be hotly contested, um, but. You know, you could well be one of those situations where you bleed all your speed off, go into a hairpin turn, hit a climb, and it's going to depend a lot on who's got the power to punch through it. Well, uh, also, also when it's a climby, one of the things about the Giro ITTs is they do tend to be brutal. Mm. Um, they, they, they're the kind of ITTs where riders get there, look at it, and go, "I'm not taking my ITT bike out there on it because it's got a technical corner, or it's got a really nasty cl- sharp climb, or it's got both at the same time." Because why the hell not? It's the Giro. Yeah. Um, it's also that- though in the context of the the rest of the race, um, and because it's a shorter ITT, it's not likely to have as big an impact on the GC as, as other think? ITTs may. Oh, I think oh, it's no. I think it's got the possibility to do it, but I don't think it's a given that oh. it will. No, you see, I look at this and I look at like a rider like Elisa Longo Borghini and Evander Blegger, um, who are you know who are who this course suits both these course suits both of them who are mm. both extreme, extremely good ITT riders who can also climb. Yep. And I think it's I think it's got I mean, I know it's only 12 kilometers, only 12 kilometers, but uh, but I think it could I think this could completely whack out some of the um, some of the favorites. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, and as I say, I think it, I think it has the potential to do it, but I don't think it's a given. But I do think and I'll get more into this when we're ready to sort of make some predictions about the race. But I think a lot of it's <laughs> going to depend on how the early part of the race is, is run. So, yeah, and yeah. I mean they've been they've tended in the last couple of years to put the ITT right towards the end of the race, so it mm. can be really deciding. The being in the being bang in the middle is an interesting choice to me. It um, is, and of course, remember we don't have um, in the Giro, we don't have two of the best ITT riders in the world, um, Ellen Van Dyke and Lisa Blenauer, but we also don't. You don't necessarily. Of course, your top ITT riders like Anna van der Blegger, Annemiek van Vleuten, are going to want to go. Are going to want to also be contesting the GC. But you might also get riders who are good at ITTs, but will not be going for this because they'll be there as a domestique. Yeah, exactly. And and but, plenty of riders who, or or perhaps, are hoping to contest one of the you know yet to be run more sprinty type stages, and so save a bit of. Um, yeah, uh, take effort, it as a recovery yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just have a recovery day. Exactly. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested in what it's going to mean. It's going to be very exciting to talk about it next week. That's stage, that's stage five. Yep. Um, stage six uh, is... Where's stage six, Dan? Uh, it's a 116-kilometer run from uh, Rosetto degli Abruzzi to Rosetto degli Abruzzi. Oh, uh, so it's so a circular race. It's a big loop, yes. Um, and basically it's predicted to be flat-ish, um, usual caveats notwithstanding. So, and, and coming off the back of that, that shorter ITT is potentially one that the sprinters really, and look in particular, I think, to smaller teams like LA Cipollini to like really police that stage and make sure it finishes in a bunch. Yeah. Now we need to just make it clear about sprinting as well. I, we, when we talk about the Giro, we often talk about it in terms of the GC teams, the GC winners, the GC riders. Yeah. However, 
for the sprinters, it's also super, super, super important to go for stages. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of riders whose aim in life is to get into the groupetto on anything that's difficult, take a recovery day for the ITT, and then sprint like absolute lunatics and not let anything get away for the sprint days. And that yep. makes it fascinating because within the GC riders, everyone else is going to go, well, Bowles Dolmans have to do all the work, right? Yeah. But they have a massive advantage in that there are some teams who will definitely want to go for the sprint. It's the same as the Tour de France. Winning a sprint stage at the Giro is a really important thing. It's an important thing on your Palmares. And for sprinters this year, we don't have La Course as a sprinty race. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're down, we're down on that. This is a, this is this is a really important thing, especially for all those Italian sprinters. And and Italy has a lot of good sprint stars. So um, that's going to add some that's going to add some some interesting dynamics because while you'd normally say, well, no one's going to help Bowles, actually for <laughs> Ali Cipollini, for other teams like that, it's going to be they're there going to be there's going to be an have, advantage. Exactly, there are some teams who have very clear reasons to help Bowles in certain circumstances and interestingly enough and again we'll get into this in a little more detail in a minute um there are enough of those teams that bowls don't have to form hard alliances with any one team for the whole time so yeah yeah um stage seven lumpy i've got this is my i've got wrote this down as um a classic classic stage yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's from it's from Isernia to baronisi it's one of the 240 kilometer stages 142 this one and it basically starts straight away with a little uphill has some downhills yep. and then just a jaggedy profile now look that while hard. you it looked yeah, well, I was going to say, while you've designated it a lumpy stage, and I think that's an accurate assessment, it is interesting to note that it's actually one of the um, stages to have a categorised climb. Um, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. When I say lumpy, I'm talking about it on the profile. Yeah. I absolutely think it's going to be hard as hell yeah. once they, you know, it's it's just, it looks well, like it's it looks like it's a lumpy stage from the profile. Exactly. But I truly believe it's going to be devastating. And it's interesting because, you know, they're not top category climbs like we were saying earlier it's it's more that you know i think the tops out at 4.4 percent so it's not an extreme gradient but it's six point or so we're told well yes exactly unless it's the exact opposite unless um, it's the exact opposite yeah <laughs> so you know um but yeah so it's going to be really interesting because you know they're not the toughest climbs in terms of the the intensity of the climb itself but over that kind of distance and like you say with uh, up and down all day rolling through um, there are definitely going to be plenty of opportunities for, for attacks and breaks and you know teams again will, will really have a chance to to break the race up but it'll it'll particularly when we're getting into stages 7, 8 and you know pushing towards the end it's also going to be a lot down to um, whether or not the bigger teams and in particular bowls have the strength left in them to police the peloton so yeah but i mean well i mean it's not so much yeah it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be fantastic i mean politics why we love stage races is the politics the mistakes we saw for example well we'll get onto it later but you know we've seen but we keep saying bowls 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 but there's a lot of strong teams who can really just who can really destroy them Mm. um stage eight is baronisi to stendola um it's another 142 kilometer stage this one starts off with a descent and then it has let's say 50 kilometers that look completely flat right and then one little lumpy climb at about the halfway points 
and then it goes down and then it just goes up this long climb and then it looks like a long descent to the finish that basically if i look at this if i was looking at the last stage i look at this and say elisa longo borghini if i look at this stage i look at it and say lucinda brand yep yep that's that's definitely um you know you can see the script going for lucinda um Annemiek van vlerten was another writer that crossed my mind looking at that stage um a bit heart and mouth to be honest um following the olympics but yeah uh and and like following on from what you were just saying, you know, it, it does highlight that there are definitely, you know, like like we've said, bowls are the clear favourites on paper, but there are definitely plenty of opportunities here for other teams to disrupt the script. Oh, it's going to be yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And and actually being so super strong and having seen what happens at the Ovo Energy Women's Tour, where mm. you know where bowls started off as completely totally dominant on paper, yeah, in every way. And still didn't win the race. Indeed, indeed. And... Or we saw it. Or we saw it at the Amakami um, Bira, where uh, the where where Oracle Scott was just ridiculously super strong and went into the final stage with three riders in the top three on GC yeah. and lost the race. Absolutely. Okay, stage nine. Stage nine's 122 kilometers, um, allegedly flat, uh, from Palinuro to Poya. Um... Yeah, they start off. They start off with um, some little climbs. They climb, but they basically climb off onto a pa- onto a plateau. And once they get onto the plateau, the last half of the race is pretty much in a zero context, flat. Now, I actually expect this rate, this stage, to be like pure chaotic hell because every sprint team that hasn't won a stage, every um, you know, classic style rider who's been doing solid domestic duties, but their team position is roughly sorted out or whatever, and they're suddenly freed up, etc., etc., is going to be gunning for this stage. But yeah. it's also going to be down to how tired everyone is, because you know it's stage yeah. nine, and so I I think this stage, you know, on paper doesn't look like the most dynamic, but you know you need a break between the the climbing ones. Um, I actually have a sneaking suspicion that this stage will be be absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks crazy, and then the final stage. <laughs> well, I, this this stage this stage is really interesting. Describe it. Yeah, so 124 kilometers. Um, the first, however many of them, hundred odd, um, are nine laps of an 11.1 kilometer loop uh, in Torre del Greco at the base of Mount Vesuvius. Uh, brace yourselves for lots of scripted comedy about eruptions and whatnot. Yeah, um, explosive all... reactions. Ex- explosive reactions. Oh, everyone's breaking out. Ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. But the last part of the stage, I think, will be quite interesting because um, once they finish the nine laps, uh, to get to the 124 kilometers, they climb up the volcano before descending down the other side to the finish line so it's going to be super interesting at that point and it could well be depending on how it's played out over in particular the previous climbing stages and the the early stages um you know that we we're presented with a situation where the final race isn't actually clear until this one's over maybe yeah, maybe. <laughs> Unless it's the exact opposite. Unless it's the exact opposite. Um, so who's racing? We talked about Bowles Dolmans. Now, why are they so strong? This race is unusual because you can have seven riders in a team. Yeah. Mm. Uh, normally, women's races are six. 
And Bowles Dolmans have got two former winners of the race um, in Anna van der Blegger and Megan Guarnier. And in fact, last year, Megan Guarnier, uh, well, technically her biggest rival was Anna van der Blegger, but it actually turned out to be Evelyn Stevens, her own teammate, which yeah. added, added a particular political... Um... Added a real dynamic to watching the race. If um, And some people might have enjoyed it, but it's a dynamic that I like to call, fuck, this is as uncomfortable as watching The Office. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was an uncomfortable dynamic. But yeah. this year, um, this year, so Anna van der Blegger. I mean, fuck! Look at that course. It it's got lots of climby stages. They have got Megan Guarnier, Anna van der Blegger. Anna van der Blegger is one of the best time trialists in the world. I mean, Amalia Diedrichsen for the sprints. Yep. And then Caroline look- Cannewell as a climbing domestique. Yeah. Um, Chantal Black and Lizzie Danen for the escapey stages and then nikki harris as i guess nikki bromea as i guess the you know pure purely domestique yeah um yeah. interesting they don't have christina mayadus who's one of the best domestiques in the world um you know will that will they suffer without 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 mayadus we don't know it, it is interesting and it, it's one of those ones that um you know is is possibly going to bite them but that said the the team that they have assembled is basically the super team of this edition of the Giro Rosa. So, oh, so much. So yeah. much the super team. Um, Orica Scott. Orica Scott have Annemiek van Vleuten. She has made no secrets of the fact that she wants to win the Giro. Mm. Now, um, interestingly to me, uh, Orica this year uh, look like they've finally got the hang of building a team around a rider. And so it's not just that Annemiek's made same, no secret that she's stuff. going for it. Well, it's, it's some the of the same. same it's, it's the no, same riders. It's, it's some of it's the pretty same much riders. The same, it's pretty much the same riders as previous years. There's not. I don't. I, you said you've said this before, and I don't quite agree with you because it's this. It's not like they've changed changed up the riders. I think it's they've changed how they're riding, and that's well, a different thing. Like, when I, <laughs> when, when I say that, example. you disagree with me about that too. So no. I'm, I'm not sure which. No. But, but I do think this is this is one where it looks like they've actually got. I don't know a, a plan in place that I think might actually get them somewhere, but it's then not... again, Orica has always been. You know, they 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 can look great not just on paper; they can look great on the road, and still manage to lose. It hurts podium. Danny. It hurts Dan's Aussie pride. It well, it doesn't just hurt that; it hurts my sense of how races should. <laughs> like you, you're running a stage race and you've got the podium stitched up, and then you lose two thirds of it. Like what the? I, I <laughs> Jesus. So <laughs> it's it's an, it's an eternal problem for Dan. Um, yeah. So they've got um, Annie van Vleuten, Amanda Spratt, uh, Kat Garfoot, uh, Georgia Williams, Alex Manley, Janelle Crooks, and Sarah Roy, who was the surprise in a best in the best possible way winner of a stage at the over energy women's tour like she's i would never have expected she won out of a break i would never have expected her to win it but wow she did it she won by just being so super clever yeah and hopefully that's given her a confidence boost because she was spectacular in that race and I, you know, I'm just really delighted, really, really delighted for her because, you know, I think there's so much mental, cycling is so important to have confidence to how how you're feeling impacts Mm. on how you are on the bike and knowing that you were, you know, that you beat Christina Mayabuse and Leah Kirkman in a break by just being really, really, really really clever. Yeah, exactly. And and then also, that's going to make you smile. 
and absolutely it's gonna it's gonna give her a great uh you know confidence boost but it's also going to help in that other part of it where your teammates have confidence in you as well you know um and and these things do have these cycles where they they breed um you know more growth and more uh, performance because then you get into that whole thing of well you don't want to disappoint and so yeah it goes it goes you know potentially into some really really powerful stuff um, and in terms of timing going from the Ovo Energy Women's Tour uh, with a stage win into this like timing wise couldn't be better so yeah, I think I think Auric has the got their best a, shot and the Aussies have been able to have a rest because of course they weren't racing. The, the nationals this last weekend for the americans nationals. it's difficult well also Pardon? well just before you get into that not racing nationals but also um anamique amanda spratt and kat garfoot weren't at the ovo energy women's tour either so no they've been know. wrecking the giro they've been wrecking the giro and training for the giro so mm. they're coming in with no excuses basically pretty much yeah so, yeah, Dan, prepare for heartbreak again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just say that manage, manage your expectations, Dan. Manage your expectations. I, you know. I, I expect nothing but to drown my sorrows. Uh. Um, Sunweb, no Ellen Van Dyke, and they don't look like they've got a, a, GC, a Giro GC rider in a normal year. But yeah. this course, I think, could really suit this Cinder Brand. Yeah, look, I, I agree with that. I think I think it could suit Lucinda Brand. I think Lucinda Brand could be competitive at it, but I look at it and I, I don't necessarily think that that's Sunweb's plan. I think I think Sunweb may be content to just contest for stages. Yeah, they've got Lucinda Brand, Flirty Mackay, Corinne Rivera, Rosanna Sleek, Yulia Souk, Sabrina Sultians, and hurrah for Molly Weaver back from her, um, in, her, her, her injury. That's a young team. It's a young team mm. without... Uh, Ellen Van Dyke there, but I don't know. I mean, some of those descendy bits—if they're as descendy as Giro stages have been before—I can totally see Lucinda Brand getting away. I mean, she did it. She's she's True. won. I think, didn't she win two stages last year, or was that the year before? You know, she's a super. She's a top rider, and she's very experienced. It's just whether yeah, the there's... rest of the squad is yeah. strong enough to support Lucinda Brand going for a G, going for the GC. Absolutely. Um, one of the other. Probably the, it's the second strongest team is coming up next, and that's Wiggle High Five. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, I mean, when you look at who they've got across the board, I, I think they definitely are the second strongest team, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how they come together to to potentially make it work. I mean, Elisa Longo-Borghini is um, a sensational rider. Um, I do think that she's going to need a certain amount of luck and a certain amount of race smarts with um, things like managing her performance in, um, like if she manages to get into a breakaway or whatever, managing to curb some of her better nature. Yeah, at least Longo Borghini is a really kind of honourable rider mm. in that if she gets into a break, she's going to work really hard in it. She's not going to, you know, she's not going to mess around. She's not going to sit back. She's not going to play games. And that basically means that she's, uh, you know, Vulnerable to be taken advantage of, to be honest. Yeah. 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 But she is in the Italian National Champions jersey, which she will be delighted to be in. Um, Mm. So, And that makes a huge difference to Italians. Every Italian I've ever spoken to who's been national champion has said that riding the Giro in the the Tricolore is just like an experience like nothing else. And so for Longo Borghini, that's going to be... So exciting. Um, sure. And she's got a uh, hell of a team around her. So, you know, it's not like she's got to ride it uh, on, on her own either. So 
Oh God, no! They've got Audrey. So to help, um, if to help Longo Borghini's GC, they've got they've got Audrey Cordon Rago, Claudia Hauschen Lichtenberg Hauschler, um, as the kind of pure domestique domestiques. You've got uh, Georgia Bronzini, who is going to be. You know, she's she's retiring at the end of the year. Well, if she doesn't stay on, change her mind and stay on for another one. Um, but she's got like something like. 13 Giro wins yeah. so she's going to want she's going to definitely definitely want to take another couple of those um, they've got Yodin Dora who also will be wanting to go for sprints Yulia uh, Let of course to help with the help with that as well now I so one of the things is is will they be able to balance the sprint ambitions with Longo Borghini's GC ambitions whereas if you look at um, Bors Dolmans you can tell they're kind of I mean, of course, they want to win every stage, right? Yeah. But they they haven't got you know they've got a more sprinty Wiggle High Five team. Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting one for Wiggle because they they do have that divide. But I also think that there are potentially some interesting opportunities for them for that because if Lisa if, if Elisa manages to get out into a, a break or a solo run um, in one of the early stages, stage two or three, for example, and get a few seconds lead. Um, you know, a defensible lead, then it can play into the hands of the team to then send someone like Yolin Dora searching to to um, not just get stage wins, but to um, steal bonification seconds and, and stuff like that to help neutralise those parts of, of the GC battle. So there are ways that we could make it work for both of those ambitions, but they may find themselves needing to consolidate behind one or the other. Hmm. Mm-mm. Um, dark, maybe a dark horse GC contender, Olga Zabalinskaya. Yeah, oh, like one of the darkest of dark horses. Like, I, I mean, I don't like to like. Generally speaking, I like to wander around forgetting that she exists. To be honest. Um, yeah, her but... doping bans. I mean, the thing is, is we never know which Olga we're going to see. Like, yeah. we just don't know whether we're going to see, you know, she does this. The Olympics was a case in point, as mm, you know, mm. where she, where, where at one point it looked like she was going to win the ITT. Yeah. Is this, you know, which Olga, which Olga shows up? Is exactly. is it going to be Olga, who, Olga Zablinskaya, who could be a GC contender? Or will it be Invisible Olga? Uh, it, and it could be either, it could be both, it could be neither. Uh, it's, but, you know, it, yeah, I, I mean, she's a worthy mention because she can't be accounted for immediately so someone to watch definitely yeah and then the last big name in the gc battle cassia Newadoma. and to me this is one of the really interesting um potential narratives coming in not just because mariana voss obviously um having crashed at the ovo energy women's tour and, and broken a collarbone and needing you know being that bad type of break that you know can't be easily pinned and quick recovery she's got to heal over two months sort of thing um changes the nature of the team and and also the nature of the race because a race without mariana in it is different to a race with her in it regardless I mean, of what es- role she's playing especially i mean mariana Voss has won the giro a couple of times through just riding so cleverly yeah. and it's a bit gutting because i think she would have been racing for new Adoma in the I, giro this year but I think even she would have re- too yeah um but but, but then regardless even, even then look at how Kasia then did win the ovo energy women's tour and you know i mean you don't expect the same the the same script to be followed twice but but new Adoma certainly proved that if she's given the opportunity she's got oh. the 
the skill and the, the race knowledge to to pull it off. So the Ovo Energy Women's Tour was extraordinary. If you missed mm. it, um, Cassian in the first stage, Cassian, which was a sprinter's stage in inverted commas, Cassian Yuzoma went out solo. And uh, Mariana Voss was racing with her. And I think what happened was the te- was the other teams went, huh, well, as soon as we catch Cassia, Mariana Voss will attack. Yeah. And let's not let's not catch Cassia too soon then, because, you know, we can do without them basically double, you know, tag, tag teaming us all the way all the way to the end. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was they gave it was Cassia. If you give her an inch, she'll take a mile, or you know, a whole load of kilometers. And yes. basically, by the time they were, by the time you start thinking about let's, you know, they should be start thinking about chasing now. There was no cooperation in the peloton. Everyone was looking at Balls Dolmans to race. Balls Dolmans wasn't, you know, was 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 was, you know, couldn't couldn't chase solo or yeah. whatever. No one else was working. Anyway, Cassia Yodoma wins the race and then wins the stage and then goes on to win the entire race. It was just, it's typical. I've said this about Cassia Neodoma since she won the under 23 European road championships, where mm. she was out in a break with two Ger- two Italians and two Dutch riders, both of whom were spectacular sprinters on a flat finish. And Neodoma beat them because she wasn't the fastest, but oh my God, she was the cleverest. Yeah. And yep. the Giro is one of Neodoma's definite goals. Whether her team, which is um, which, whether her team can, can can support her to win this, because it's very different doing Ovo Energy Women's Tour four set road stages and basically a crit. Yeah, this is ten stages. Uh, so she got Anna Plikter, Lauren Kitchen, Anuska Costa, who was spectacular in Ovo Energy Women's Tour, yeah. Valle Scandalara, Monique Teneglo, and Rianne, Rihanna Marcus, who. Yeah. Last year, got into at least two breaks in the Giro and ended up on a podium, and that was her. You know, she that was where you where you signal her as the rider to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and, and so this is why for me, Kasia is going to be so interesting to to watch because you know, like you you quoted Mariana earlier. Uh, you know, she is the quintessential rider in this race. Who there will be only one or two opportunities over the course of all ten stages where she might be able to seize the the win, but every day for her is going to be first and foremost about making sure she doesn't lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's, she's, it's going to be really exciting. Cassia is, Cassia Nundoma is such, we've all known she's a superstar. We know mm. she'll win the Giro one day, you know, yep. all, all things, you know, all things being equal. No, you know, no, no really bad, no really bad luck. But yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Um, other teams, other teams who are there, um, like we said, sprinting at the Giro Rosa is incredibly important. And Ale Cipollini pretty much are a sprint team there with yep. Chloe Hosking and Marta Bastianelli going for stage wins. They've got a lot of very small teams, like Aro Italia Viano with Rasselella Vita, another rider who's had a doping has a doping ban. Um, the Astana women's team, they've got some sprinters. BTC Sicily Ljubljana will always try and escape and will always get people in breakaways. They might be doomed breakaways, but, you know... Yep. Um, Conseria, Zabri, Fanini, Guecciotto. Never heard of them. No. The only rider I've heard of in that team is Evgenia Vysotska. Mm-hmm. Um, Gius Fredi Bianchi, another very small Italian team. 
Um, and Michaela Fanini, another very small Italian team. Savato Giusta, they're supposed to be a very small Italian team, but no one actually comes from Italy except for Alice Gasparini. But they've got like riders from, uh, they've got they got Huang Tingying from Taiwan. They've got yep. Ana Cristina Sanabria Sanchez from Colombia. They've got Andrew Cristoforo for Cyprus from Cyprus. Yeah, and then they've got uh, you know Top Girls Fasa Bortolo, Valcar PBM, who are a definitely a domestic squad. So there's yeah, a very yeah. interesting thing. Other GC riders we just flipped through. Um, Canyon Shram, they don't have Lisa Brenauer. And they also no. don't have Alina Amilusic, who um, crashed and broke her pelvis. And they don't have Paulina Fran-Provo, who's being... Um, but they do have... But I do wonder if Eleanor Cicchini and Tiff Cromwell can get away on some of those... You know, can get away stages. on some of those classic stages. Yeah. And obviously Barbara Gorishi yep. with some sprint wins. Savello? Yeah, Savello, um, interesting. A lot of Lapisto, obviously, on some sprint duties. Um, Ashley Mulman Passio uh, will probably have a crack at the GC, but I have a feeling, you know, it's not really a course overall that I think is going to play to her strength. So I have a feeling that she may switch and try to, to stir up a couple of stages rather than, you know, go hard out for the overall GC. Yeah. I mean, Cecilia Utrup Ludwig is a good bet for the best young rider. Yep, true, true. Um, Silence Pro Cycling. Well, they've got um, Kirsten Veld for some sprints, mm, of course. And Shayla Gutierrez Ruth and Danny King will probably go out and try and get some breaks. And FDJ Nouvelle Aquitaine Futuroscope. They've got um, Shara Gillow, yep. who will be looking to repeat a stage win here, and some really some strong sprinters in Roxana Fournier. Um, yeah, they've they're yeah. I mean, those aren't all the teams, but those are the kind of those are the kind of people I'll be looking out for more or less um in the in the race yeah and i mean of course as we say stage by stage race by race you know there'll be there'll be opportunities for victory and heartbreak uh in abundance and there'll be more than our usual share of surprises i have no doubt yeah. uh, um i'm gonna put up daily posts of videos now we can't watch this live we you know yeah. i mean well we talk yeah. about it every year i mean the short version is okay so one it's on in oh, July. No, please. no, 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 let's not even do the short version. <laughs> let's just go. It is what it is and move on to what we can do. All right. All right. All right. So we, there'll be daily highlights videos on Rye, Rye Due this year. Now they are really, really good. Uh, the reason that it's on at the same time as the Tour de France is because Rye, the, t- the Italian TV channel, use the Tour de France audience. They basically fold in the highlights of the Giro into the Tour de France um, coverage and they get a ton of people who wouldn't normally watch women's cycling but they're watching you know they wouldn't even normally watch cycling but it's the tour de france right yep and so they put it together and they get a really massive audience for the giro because they put it because they fold it in with the tour de france so they'll have highlights every day there'll be highlights from the race there'll be highlights from the uci and i'll pull all of these together in daily posts along with videos and photos and tweets and things like that so if you go to our site prowomenscycling.com that's where you'll find those daily posts i'll put up a guide to following the race and the best way to do that is twitter and i'll have my bespoke twitter list because um to to kind of to kind of help us there sometimes the tweeting the race tweeting doesn't start until midway through the race in some years so it can be a bit disappointing so just you know manage your expectations 
um, and just hope for the best. There'll be like daily reports on all the places like Ella Cycling Tips and Cycling News. So we can, you know, which will have lots of rider quotes. And again, I'll pull those together into my daily posts. So there will be, yeah, it's sad we can't watch it live, but there will be a lot of media to see and there'll be lots of ways to... Exactly, a wealth of a wealth of uh, things to to catch up with around each day. So yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things is we'll see some riders in their new national champions jerseys. It was national mm-hmm. champions weekend last weekend. Um, this is where the disadvantage is for the Americans, right? Because they ride in the states and then they come home over the you know if you have to fly straight to the Giro. Um, we won't see the American national champion in this race um... no that was that one well i mean i was less surprised amber nevin won the time trial and you know like yeah of course i mean she's she's a strong time trialist that's what she's known for not not overly surprising that she won that but then to turn around and win the road race a, a day or so later and to have beat out you know um corinne rivera megan guanier in the road race was was a little bit of a surprise to me Katie so, yeah. Paul, all of those riders yeah. yeah i mean there are some of them that aren't surprising uh, Lizzie Danan mm-hmm. retained her British National Champions jersey. Shocked, Leah Kirkman took shocked. Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, Chantal Black was the rider. They basically put, they basically um, encouraged, uh, you know, basically I think Bowles uh, rode for Chantal Black in a way to say, yeah, we, we really value your work. And, and I'm so happy that she got to be National Champion because she's so strong and so awesome. So I'm happy about that. Uh, Christina Mayuris won her 55th Luxembourg titles um i was quite interested in um camilla molebro pedersen winning the danish national championship title ahead of um ahead of uh both amalia diedrichsen and cecilia utra ludwig i think that's really strong for uh for danish cycling i'm really happy for her but yeah um probably the biggest uh lisa klein was maybe the surprise winner of in for German championships. Charlotte Bravard was the French French champion and that was a bit you know, I mean she wasn't she was racing against riders like Audrey Cordon Rigaud, um Paulina Frampovo, who should have beaten her. However, yeah. they went in there with like about fifteen FTJ riders. Right, yep, yeah, okay. So, you know mm. the dra- the dramatic one was the was the Irish national championships where for something like the third year, third time in 10 years, they decided to have the women's race and the men's race on the same time on a 15 kilometer course. And they decided to pull the women over so that the men could race. It's just like, it's shit like that, that just infuriates me to no end. I mean, it's so, it's not just that it's disrespectful. It's really, really shitty planning. Like, it's just really poor race organisation. Yeah, uh, a 50-kilometre a... course is not where you run two races simultaneously. It's just no, not and, big enough. And there's a fantastic tweet from Valerie Considine, um, uh, Lydia Boylan, who won, um, yep. and and um, Orla... Uh, sorry about this. Or, or, Orla, Hen- Orla Hendron, who wrote an open letter to the Irish National Championships, uh, the Irish Cycling Federation, saying, look, this isn't good enough. And they cite a couple of other dodgy things like the na- the junior and the masters road national championships are on at the same time as the Raz and the Bourne, the right. big Irish women's stage race. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of make the line that, you know, this is going to keep happening. There's no women on the Irish cycling federation board and there's no women on the road on their road commission and yep. that this is 
they they say this is going to keep happening so they're not happy about it and rightly so mm, um mm. but yeah so that was nationals week I'll, I'll pull together a video post uh maybe tomorrow and then you can see us on our site prowomenscycling.com cool. um, you've also had um a new interview Oh, yeah, I interviewed the VeloFocus guys, uh, Ballant Hanvas and Sean Robinson, who take amazing photos. We talked about their season and also about their fantastic Kickstarter. That's for their new book, isn't it? Yeah, it's a coffee table photography album with articles. Mm. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm probably going to be writing one um, nice. by people like Anna Marie Rook and Jesse Braverman and other people like that who we like and are awesome. And yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, crowdfunder but also always very good if you've ever seen one of Ballant Hanvas's cyclocross albums you know what to expect they're excellent but you know please do consider uh chipping chucking some money at the Velo Focus guys because wow we love their work yep and next week this next week I'll put up a podcast Rose Manley is going to be out at the Giro making the videos uh for the for the UCI she works for InCycle TV and I also interviewed her about what that's like what life is like backstage um mm. making the videos for the uci and you can see those as well so yeah go to our cool. site prowomenscycling.com um yeah and remember to check back every day as sarah said she'll be wrapping up the best of uh the zero coverage each day the race is on uh, starting with the team time trial tomorrow um in the meantime if you'd like to talk to us you can talk to sarah on twitter at pw cycling uh, i am at dan w official uh, and of course, we will be back next week to talk through the first um, just over half a half a Giro Rosa race and what's happened, and and you know a little bit about what we think is going to happen in the final stages. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, we, we're really excited. <laughs> it's, look, it's going to be a great race. It really is. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for hanging out, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Excellent! Hurrah! Um, we love the Giro. We hope you do too.